This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Well, hey, friend. Happy Thursday, or whatever day this happens to be in your life in real time. We're going to chat about something today that's kind of a bummer, but we're not going to make it a bummer to chat about, okay? You know me. I want you to have all the tools you can possibly have in your tool belt slash kit slash backpack. And knowing how to deal with life when you are in one of those modes that you're constantly disappointed in yourself, those are the tools we're talking about today. And you may not be in that mode right now. You can still listen. We're still going to make it fun. But I want you to have these tools. And if you're in that mode of life where you're just getting to the end of every day and you're like, I didn't do enough. I did a bad job. Or maybe your brain's not waiting till the end of the day. Maybe you were waking up with those thoughts and they just like pop up every hour on the hour. That's what we're talking about. And I know this happens to you because it happens to me. And it's happened to me in lots of different life phases. So Kenny and I spent the most of January this year, 2023, in a move. We moved apartments. And with a huge project like that, you know, it's really easy to get a lot done in a day. Even if it's like a lot of moving stuff done and then you still like kept the rest of your life running done, but it's easy to get to the end of the day and think, nope, that was a giant failure. There's still piles everywhere. This list doesn't even have a dent in it. D minus. Also, like you have probably also done, I've taken on huge work projects that have mile long to-do lists. So again, no matter how productive, quotes, I am in a day, it's easy for my brain to look at what I have not done, how far along I am not. Does your brain talk to you like this too? I've even led coaching sessions and workshops that were genuinely valuable because people told me and then they told me afterwards, like, here's the impact that that had, super juicy. But I still felt disappointed after because my brain is focusing on the thing that I wish I'd done better or said better, whatever. And even if you're not taking on some big project in your work or your personal life, whatever, you can also just have low energy days. I mean, gasp emoji, right? Where you don't feel like the Energizer Bunny that you like aren't because you're a human, but we have this like mental standard that like I should be able to get 17,000 things done a day. So even if you don't feel like you're in the middle of a huge project, you can still get to the end of the day and easily feel disappointed. So let's break this down. We are under the false impression that there's one of two things happening in this scenario. We're regularly disappointed and we think, okay, I I got this number. I'm either being too hard on myself or I'm genuinely doing a bad job and being disappointed. And I'm here to tell you, it's not that simple. First off, without even knowing the specifics of your situation, I can say with 98% certainty that yes, you are being too hard on yourself, bud. This is especially true if when I just said that, your response was, I mean... Am I though? I might, I kind of deserve it. I am kind of failing everywhere. Incorrect. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and assume that however you are performing, quotes, because we're going to get to that later, 
you could be nicer to yourself. Like, let's not put that in question. You could judge yourself less harshly. You could assess your own daily performance with more compassion, more intention, and kinder words. You know, kind of the way you would with a friend or an employee that you had to be nicer to for compliance purposes. There's this base level of understanding and cordiality and like slack that we cut other people in our lives, even ones we don't like, that we do not apply to ourselves. So let's just agree that whatever job you're doing, you could be nicer to yourself. And you probably are being a little too hard on yourself and that's fine, it's changeable. And then there's this performance piece. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Are you really doing a good or bad job? This is where we need some coaching, okie dokie, for two big reasons. Reason number one is that the need to assess our performance is internalized and unregulated. I want you to think about your entire life for one hot second. You were likely schooled in a system that graded you. That's how you knew what job you were doing. Maybe you were on a sports team or did something artistic where a coach or some director figure gave you critical feedback all the time. That's how you knew what kind of job you were doing. You probably learned in your career that performance reviews were standard or something like that. That's how you knew what kind of job you were doing. So getting to bedtime now in your regular adult everyday life and going, well, what grade did we get today? is second nature. It's something you do without consciously choosing to, and you probably don't even notice that you're doing it. It's so normalized. It's so internalized. And usually, you're not defining the terms by which you want to assess yourself. So the coaching here is just that we, we need to recognize the level of habit that is happening here. This is default behavior happening on its own, this constant self-evaluation. And it happening without your total conscious say-so is kind of a bummer because of reason number two that we need coaching, which is negativity bias. This is one of your cognitive biases that makes failures and mistakes and even perceived shortcomings that are not real and they are just totally completely made up in your mind makes all that stuff stand out far more than achievements and compliments and mistakes you didn't make. So if you're not deciding how to grade yourself, you are biologically inclined to give yourself a bad grade. That's what that means. The Gottman Institute is something that runs research and education and coaching around relationships. And I always use this study of theirs to demonstrate the impact of negativity bias. They quote, For every negative interaction during a conflict, a stable and happy marriage has five or more positive interactions. One more time for the back of the house. For every negative interaction during a conflict, a stable and happy marriage has five or more positive interactions. What does that mean? Okay, so this five to one ratio, yes, it came from a study specifically about relationships, but let's apply it to our own lives just for one hot second. Did five good things happen for you today? Did you feed your kids? Did you enjoy a coffee? Did you avoid a car accident? Did you do something legitimately well at work? Did you see a pretty sunset? Maybe. I bet you could come up with a grand list. But I also bet that the one negative comment that you got from your presentation 
that wasn't even overtly negative. It's just like what you're assuming that it meant because of like an eyebrow twitch or something. I bet that's the thing that stands out. This is why we can get everything at the top of our list done and our brain goes to the rest of the list or the one thing that we didn't finish. Okay. The truth is, here's the truth. Let's talk about the truth. The truth is you're always exceeding and meeting and falling short of expectations. Your own expectations for yourself and other people's expectations of you. That's all always happening. It's not a yes, I did a good job, no, I did a bad job situation. Parenthetically, I argue that every day you get to the end of and you're still alive, good job. You did a good job. You have my full endorsement on believing I did a great job today, every single day from here out, no matter what, kind of, because humaning is hard. But in our reality of high-achieving, introspective, growth-minded people, we do want the assessment part sometimes. I mean, like it or not, we do want to know where can we make improvements? Where can we do things differently tomorrow, etc. We just don't want to live in that awareness. We don't want to only see and always focus on the part of the list that we didn't get done or the things in the day that stand out because negativity bias is making them. That's how you end up with the story of your life being failure, colon, the stuff on the list that didn't get done, a memoir. Nobody wants to read that. And you don't want to live that. So what do we do? First, you're going to take charge of deciding what job are you doing. I want you to remember, or maybe learn for the first time, that there's no teacher or soccer coach or boss or mentor or in-law in charge of your life, and certainly not in charge of your story. There's no official authority that has the real, true, factual answer about how did you do today? Even if there's a person paid to grade your performance, they do not possess the power to decide how you should think or feel about yourself. You are the generator of this information. I remember a few years ago when my mom was first diagnosed with cancer. She's great now, by the way. But it was out of nowhere. It was super scary. It was stage four. And I was getting coffee for my family on the way to the hospital. And you know how in those times, you, you just kind of get hazy. You're like, you're driving around the world, but you're like, I don't remember paying attention to driving at all. I wasn't doing a good job being a good, conscious, super attentive driver. I, I wasn't doing a good job being a courteous customer at Starbucks. I don't think I smiled. I don't think I said thank you. It was just the job I was doing was like putting one foot in front of the other. And I know, I know you get that. And I remember talking to myself that way out loud, like I do every day. But I was sad and exhausted, and I was very aware of, of like how, how not good a job someone outside of me could say I was doing at any given thing, like driving or being a person in Starbucks. And I remember talking to myself, like, sometimes I was like, you're doing a good job. Like, I just, I just got to decide that. And I really want to remind you that you just get to decide that. You get to decide you're doing a good job. And sometimes I would talk to myself like, it's okay that you're doing the job you're doing. This is a little bit of a pullback from that internalized, habitualized need to assess. Sometimes we don't need a grade. Sometimes you're just doing the job you're doing and that's fine. That's okay. That is enough to know. The second thing I want you to do after you remember, oh yeah, I'm in charge, is 
make a to-do list (sighs) or a highlight reel. Okay, so at the end of the day, if this is when it's happening for you and you're like, okay, what's my grade? D minus. The to-do list and the highlight reel can really help you out. And they're fun homework. So the the to-do list is the concept I cannot tell you the origin of. I didn't make it up and Google is unclear on it. But I heard it from a client and she was like, wait, I thought I heard that from you. And then I was like, oh my gosh, no, but I love it. So this is what you can do instead of a to-do list. You can write a to-do list. Because this disappointment that you're feeling with yourself constantly is like oil in a pan. When you meet it with agreement, when you hear that auto assessment voice saying, you're the worst, you didn't do anything, you're failing, you're not doing enough, and you meet it by responding, I know. I know I am the worst, right? Here's a list of everything I have to do next if I want to feel better. That's just pouring more oil in the pan. If you want to clean it, you got to use soap. And soap is moving your mind to an intentional place. Start making your brain notate what did you do today. Ta-da! To balance out that negativity bias and actually remember stuff that you're likely to forget without celebrating it otherwise. There's a psychologist that I follow too. He has lots of great books, great podcasts, great TED Talk. His name is Rick Hansen. And he always says, your brain is like Velcro for negative memories and negative information, and like Teflon for positive information and positive memories. And that's true. So let's just, it's not a bad thing. doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can feel like a bad thing, but it just means we have to work a little harder to see the good stuff. So this is fun homework you can do. You can get to the end of the day and write your, ta-da, what did I do list. It's so nice to be able to look at that and prove to yourself, yeah, this day was worthwhile in my life. This day was worth living. I did show up. And I don't want you to use this against yourself. I don't want you to like have to come up with ta-da's. I'm talking like I did laundry today. I took a shower today. I showed up to the meeting. I let myself be imperfect. Once you start that ball rolling, you will see all this other stuff that you really, really, really did factually do. It's hard to argue with and it will feel so good. Alternatively, you can do a highlight reel. Maybe you don't feel like you actually did a whole bunch today. And you know what? Maybe we don't have to argue with you. But you can make your brain notate the top five highlights of the day. And that's fun when because they don't have to be accomplishments. They can include, really, I watched the sunrise today on the drive to Pilates. And I forgot because I'm so busy and like, my mind. But that was nice. That was a nice moment. Or like, I had a text catch up with a friend that didn't really seem super monumental because we don't live together. We're not like making plans to see each other. And it wasn't like a you know, four-hour conversation on the phone, but that actually was really nice because that tiny little interaction is the difference between us going months and years without talking to like, oh, we're in touch. So you can give yourself a highlight reel. Finally, the third thing you're gonna do, and it's optional, only after you make your mind review some good stuff from your day, you prove to yourself, I am not a D minus garbage person, then you can optionally run an evaluation because I know you, because I am you. We do, we do, we do like still want the grade. We still want to know, okay, but what, what can I do better? What can I make more efficient? What can, how can I perform quotes better? We really do want to do that. And you know what? That's okay. You got to run an evaluation on your terms though, okay? So it means not accepting whatever assessment your brain delivers. D minus, okay, bye. Don't don't hear that from your head and be like, yep, 
accurate, time to feel awful. When you make yourself be more intentional with what you evaluate, you end up being more objective and more compassionate just by the new default. This is the new norm you're going to build. Sidebar, this is the exact kind of stuff we work on in the Decision Masters program because it's not easy to build new norms. We have very little practice being objective and compassionate with ourselves, and we're usually too busy and tired to learn how to do it by ourselves. And it's not as fun, and it takes way longer to do it alone. So definitely go to kirstenparker.com forward slash schedule to book a free call with me and talk about changing these habits for real skis. Sidebar complete. So if you must assess, if you must evaluate, decide what you are assessing. Be nuanced. Remember how you would talk to a friend or an employee, okay? That sucked. You're a garbage person. Is not constructive feedback, and it's mean. And you would get in trouble with HR if you said that at work. So just be more deliberate with what you're assessing, all right? You have to sprinkle in some objectivity. I did prep. Like, did you prep? Okay, then I prepped. We can evaluate that. Uh, I didn't prep this, and I wish I had, because then I would be prepared for that. But I didn't know to prep that, so I didn't. Okay, pretty objective. Uh, I wish I'd explained that part better. I don't think I was as clear, and I probably got tongue-tied because I was getting self-conscious. Great, constructive, done. Now we know what we're working with. (sighs) I had a lot to say on this one. Let's recap, okay? You, my friend, are the authority on how good a job you're doing, period. No one else is in charge of that information. That said, you need to recognize that you're biased, so your own perspective on how good a job you're doing is not pure truth. You got to make it intentional to make it more useful. And you do that by lovingly forcing your brain to see what you are doing, what is going well. And we're not denying or negating any legitimate mistakes or failures. We're just making you see the bigger picture. Write out a ta-da list or a highlight reels list at the end of every day this week. It's going to feel so delicious. And this all comes down to how you want to feel. I have been the person who argues for my own self-judgment. So I just want you to like, I want to validate if this is happening, but like pay attention, okay? Because I've been this person where I've tried defending my own self-criticism because of how justified and necessary I thought it was. I get it. It can feel true. But is that how you want to feel? No. (laughs) Pardon me while I answer for you. But you know this is your one and only life, and you know you've done the version where you feel constantly disappointed in yourself. And you know it isn't working and you know it doesn't feel good. So you have permission to stop. You are allowed to experience the next chapter of your life feeling like you do enough and like you do a good job and like you are proud of yourself and still growing, still improving. I promise. You will thank yourself. It will feel so much better. It will work so much better. And I hope you enjoy these new tools in your toolkit. Happy Thursday. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, podcast listener, have you just started a business, been running a small business for years, or maybe feeling the nudge to start your dream business? Then you have to check out Writing Tandem. I'm Vivian Kavam and the host of the newest podcast for small business owners. Each episode is full of inspiration, education, tips, and real life stories packed with encouraging insights from expert guests in business, leadership, and marketing. Catch Writing Tandem anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 
Hey, wanna know the number one thing you need to kickstart your momentum right now? Um, obviously, I know. That's why I created the Momentum Quiz. Head to kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz to find out your number one momentum killer and get your personalized action plan to boost your momentum and get back on track. That's kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. Have fun.